Ultra. Hi, I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. And we're from Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the entire Back to the Future trilogy one minute at a time. Like the minute when Principal Strickland becomes a vigilante hero of the wasteland after Biff takes over Hill Valley in the alternate 1985 timeline. I I don't... Wait, I don't I don't remember. Or that. the minute where we learn that Dr. Emmett Brown is secretly the saxophone king of Hill Valley. Hold on. When when did that or when did that happen? When we slowly start to realize that George McFly may have murdered both of his parents. Okay. Now I don't I don't remember that being in the movies. Well, Scott, that's because none of those things are actually in the movies, but it's all stuff that we talk about on Back to the Future Minute. Back to the Future Minute, available at DuelingGenre.com and wherever you get your podcasts. We solemnly swear we're up to no good. Welcome back, everybody, to Harry Potter Minute, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the Harry Potter movies one magical minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Laguna. And today we're talking about Minute 137 of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. It starts with more Dumble bragging, and it ends uh, with, uh, with Dumbledore helping himself to Harry's candy. Right. Dumbledore is a very commanding presence. Like how, like, don't he just does, yeah, what he wants, but he's like so personable. Like, there's so much heart in Richard Harris in these moments that, like, I don't even care. I'm just like, oh, I, you're, you're wonderful. I, can you be my grandpa? (laughs) But, but yeah, so yesterday we ended with him saying that, 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 um, the little mirror trick was. One of his more brilliant ideas. And then here he says, in between you and me, that is saying something. It's like, geez. He's like, I'm just full of brilliant ideas. I'm just so amazing. I have so many brilliant ideas that <laughs> that's like, when I say that, it means something. Just yeah. to let you know. Yeah. Just it's in like, case you didn't realize. It's like, God, get out of my face with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty fantastic. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> kind of a big deal. <laughs> You may have heard of me. I just need, like, a meme Dumbledore. now of Dumbledore's face Albus that says, Dumbledore. uh, I'm kind of a big deal. I'm kind of a big deal. And that's... It's gotta be this, go. it's gotta be this, like, him peering over his glasses at Harry. I'm like, he's telling him, like, I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I yeah. love it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. So, with the stone destroyed, Harry asks... With the stone destroyed, does that mean that Voldemort can never come back? And I think that that's an interesting question, because cause Harry knows that Voldemort's not gone. Right, like he saw something. Yeah, Voldemort passed through him and left. And we know that without the stone, Voldemort was strong enough to possess Quirrell and to, like, hunt unicorns. So... 
he, so so Harry saying come back, I think does mean like return to physical form, right? Like manifest a body, right? I assume. Mm. Like at this point, does he have to go find another host? I don't know what he does. I think so. Like, what is that doing? When we see him again, because we won't see this Voldemort. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. That Voldemort that fled Quirrell, we won't see him again until Goblet of Fire. Right. And when we see him in Goblet of Fire, he has like a temporary body. Mm-hmm. Which is that creepy evil baby looking that shriveled up baby thing and we don't even see it until it gets dumped into the cauldron at the end but it's implied that it's there because barty crouch jr is kneeling in front of him in the chair yeah and they turn the chair around so that he can kill the groundskeeper of the riddle house or something so it was a little weird baby thing like i don't know casting spells does he have a wand yeah he's got a obviously has a wand because how does he carry his wand with him? He has a handler. <laughs> well, Wormtail does him. carry it yeah. for him. Yeah. But how is he kept? Where's his? Okay. Right now, where is Voldemort's wand? Hmm. Like he died. Yeah. Someone had to have picked it up. Who's his like loyal? gotta be Wormtail, right? Supporter. Has Wormtail had it this whole time? How? When he's been a rat this whole time? I mean, Wormtail's wearing clothes when he turns into a rat. Maybe it's in his pocket. I mean, which I find weird. Like, there's no way, like, you're gonna turn into a Well, it's weird. No, it is weird. It is weird. Do you want to know how weird it is? It's weird because he turns from a rat to a human, and he's a fully dressed human. And then then he he turns into a rat, rat, but he leaves the clothes behind. Yeah. It's like, why does that make any sense? Does it manifest new clothes every time you... I don't... That's so weird. Because, yeah, when... I mean, the very beginning of the movie, McGonagall is a cat. and like, She's got clothes. She's she got clothes, clothes when she's a person. But if she went back to a cat... Would you she drop her dress? Is there a... Did, which sounds wrong, but... Uh, do you see a dress drop? Exactly. This is not a conversation for this minute. No, we should be talking about this, like, in... in a, a couple years. A couple of years from yeah. now. But, uh, but still, that's a weird concept. It is a weird concept. So, but yeah, like... We got we got here because we were asking about where where Voldemort's wand is. So where, where's all where's he, where's he going? Where's his belongings? I think where's he goes any to Albania. Of that stuff. He goes back to Albania. Albania. Yeah. What's in Albania? Listeners, tell me about Albania. What's in Albania? Yeah. Um. So. Dumbledore says, no, I fear there are ways which, in which he can return. Right. And I think that's interesting because it sort of sets up what's going to happen in the next movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is another attempt at, Dumb- at Voldemort returning, although it's a very different kind Just, of attempt. Yeah, I'm going to say a different type of thing going on. But um, we uh, We sort of touched on it during... Our episode with Nick Jimenez, the Council of Voldies, about like what if, what if that Voldemort 
the Tom Riddle Voldemort was uh-huh. able to return, would he be the full Voldemort or would he be the sliver teenager Voldemort? And never age? Like, does, are you stuck that is way Is that, that teenage point? Voldemort... Like, does the, the one that manifests from the diary is teenage Voldemort because... Oh my god! Because he found out from... Oh, this is off topic too. He found out from Slughorn uh-huh. that Horcruxes are made by killing someone. Right. So he unleashes the basilisk. It it kills Moaning Myrtle for him. Uh-huh. Splits his soul, which he puts into the diary. Right. And that's the first Horcrux. Uh-huh. That's and that's why it manifests as a teenager. Because that's when that's, he that's his how soul. old he was when he did it. Yeah. Right. Does that count? Does like letting the basilisk kill for him count? I mean, he's using it as an instrument. I suppose. It's still his fault. If I... If you hid a poisonous viper, poisonous snake in, in someone's luggage... And it bites them. And it bites them. I mean, you're them. responsible. You're but, responsible. But, but does it... I think the act of... count? Yeah, does it count to split a, your soul? As a, as a murder or, or whatever. I, I think casting casting the killing curse feels closer, right? I guess, like... Would Voldemort ever kill someone with his hands? Is like, that too dirty for him? Like, ooh. Most bad guys don't like getting their hands dirty like that in any kind of media... You notice they always have henchmen doing their dirty work. They always have something else. They never, like, physically do anything. Voldemort does cast the killing curse himself. He does. And he fights. He fights. He leads his army. But at I'm pretty sure as a teenager, he wasn't doing the killing curse yet. No, he unleashes the basilisk. Okay. Yeah. So Interesting. But yeah, so 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 Dumbledore's right. In this moment, he says, "Like, I do believe there are ways that he can return." Uh, does Dumbledore have a? But Dumbledore doesn't have a suspicion yet about Horcruxes. He won't actually know about that till the next year. So he's saying, "Like, I don't think that whatever was latched onto Quirrell is destroyed, and that thing can come back." Yeah, which he's also right about because that thing will come back. Voldemort's weird, you guys. There, there's potentially many of him. Which is not a nice thought. <laughs> no, it's lucky that that's not the way that she went with the story. Yeah. That would be insane. If <laughs> if Tom Riddle rose, Ginny dies, Tom Riddle rises, and then Voldemort comes back after Goblet of Fire, do you think they would work together? Or do you think do you think old Voldemort would kill Tom Riddle? Oh. I don't think the two of them would get along. No, like, I don't think so either. <laughs> would killing him destroy that piece of his soul or reunite them? Would it make the host stronger? So the Horcruxes start popping up and Voldemort has to go around killing his doubles in order to, to absorb, manifest like, as the, the full Voldemort? Yeah. That That's sounds... a totally different story. <laughs> That's a totally different story, but that definitely sounds like 
something that he would have had to have done. I imagine. I did. imagine them him. I, I imagine the final. Like he he takes in. He's got the his completed soul united once again, and it's like like Osiris rising from the grave, like oh. this big bad like. Rah! They'd be super in trouble then. I I uh, infinite cosmic power. <laughs> Oh, no, they'd be screwed. Like, everyone would be super screwed at that point, I think. Do you think he would have been stronger if he didn't create Horcruxes? Yeah, I think he weakened himself. I I totally agree. Definitely by separating himself, especially separating himself so many times. Yeah. He made himself vulnerable. It's his own uh, fault. Yeah, it it definitely is. He was paranoid. He was. And I'm like, dude, like, you should have just chill. (laughs) It's like, oh, well. Like, have your time. Be remembered. Yeah. That's always a bad guy's problem. They always want to be, like, forever. I need to do this as much as I can and kill any children. Or It's, it's always a child or a yep. baby. You are the threat to me. You are the threat. That's crazy. <laughs> Think about it. Even for even for women, princesses, was it? Uh, Snow White. Oh, yeah. The evil queen, like, she feels threatened because the mirror tells her, like, the, she's uh... more beautiful than her and cast her away and wants her dead um, it's the same in uh sleeping beauty too yeah weird oh wait i think that's what i was thinking of is the mirror duh sleeping beauty well no but the mirror is um you're right that the mirror (laughs) the mirror is snow white the mirror is not snow white the mirror is the fairest of them all yeah it is are we gonna see her talk disney now and i'm like do I need to call the Dame people over here? Right, like we're messing up real bad over here, guys. No. Like who, who, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest, fairest of them, them all? all? That's Snow White. Snow White's the fairest of them all. So I was. So I am right. It is yes. Snow White. But Sleeping Beauty is the Maleficent story, and isn't right. she also sent away because she's well? I in mean, danger, or there's like a curse, or there's there's a cur- there's a curse a on her. She's a threat to Maleficent. Uh, in the animated one, Maleficent uh, shows up and puts a curse on her that uh, on her 16th birthday, she's in touch the spinning wheel and, and die. Oh, and that's and why then, they send her And away. then the fairies like change it so that instead of her dying, she'll just go into a sleep that has to be broken by the whole like love's true kiss thing. Um, that's weird. Which they love's don't explain why. Always oh, always. But they always, uh, but they want to... But in the live action movie, they explain that the reason why she's so bitter towards them is because of something that her father, the king, did to her when they were kids. Because her and her father knew each other when they were younger. Go check out the Disney Minute podcast, guys. They would explain all this. Animation Minute Essentials? Is that what it is? Dame? Dame. They go by Dame. Interesting. Yeah. Their listener society is called Damsels, which I like. Oh, I like that too. That's yeah. nice. That's cute. That is cute. Go check those guys out. Um, they're they're fantastic. I've listened to a couple episodes. They're doing um, Snow White right now, actually. It's really good. So before we get, uh, before we get to the end of this minute, um, Dumbledore asks Harry, do you know why Quirrell wasn't able to touch you? Or why Voldemort wasn't able to touch you? Well, he said Professor Quirrell. Couldn't bear to have you touch him. Yeah, because it wasn't like he couldn't touch him. He touched him and he was fine. It was only when Harry touched his hand. 
Yeah, that's weird. Which is weird, but no Harry's well. shoving his hands onto Kroll's face is brutal. It really is. he's I'm already like, seen his hand disintegrate, so he's like, oh, I have this power now? Face grab! Face grab. And I'm like, dude, you, you psycho little kid. I mean... I'm like, jeez. I mean, he is the host of Voldemort, so he deserves to die, but... He doesn't deserve to die. It wasn't his fault. Pity for Quirrell. Pity for Quirrell. He's just, he's being, he's being overrun by a parasite. Moldy Voldy. Moldy Voldy. Um, it's because of your mother. She sacrificed herself for you. And that kind of sacrifice leaves a mark. And Harry, like, reaches up to, he, no, he touches his scar. He's like, no, no. Not that kind of mark. Not like an outside scar. No, not like an outside scar. It's it's in your skin. <laughs> mm-hmm. It lives in your very skin. I think that's a really weird choice of words because I think what he means is like it, it's like in his being, like it's in it's a part of him. It's a part of you, yeah. Yeah, but like having it say like, oh, it's it in your very in your skin. skin. It's just like, oh, it like uh, that's weird. Yeah, that's yeah. a weird descriptive term there, buddy. It's interesting, though. Um, her sacrifice laid a protection around Harry that cannot be penetrated by Voldemort. Does it only protect Harry from Voldemort? Like, any other person would be able to kill him. Oh, like, yeah, I think it's only going to work for Voldemort because, because of his she, connection. Because she sacrificed herself to protect him from Voldemort. Like, that immediate threat of Voldemort. Right. And so, the protection, the her her love blanket around Harry uh, has Voldemort's name stitched in it. So, if anyone else, like, if all of a sudden... Like, if Malfoy did want to kill him... He could. He could. Yeah. Totally. He doesn't have protection against Malfoy. No, he's got protection against Voldemort. Against, uh, Draco. So, yeah. It's weird. It's, uh... That's an interesting... It is an interesting type of magic. Again, with, like, types of magic that aren't necessarily, like, magic you cast with an incantation. It's, it's yeah, it definitely sort of, wasn't, like, purposely cast. You it's know, a different... Thing. It's a totally different, like, type... Again, type of magic. It's some, like... Like, ancient magic is what it makes me think of. Something older. It comes from, like, a higher order of magic. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, no, it makes... I mean, it does make sense. Something like that would... It's, it's kind of like a an ingrained thing, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I, I feel like... um, I feel like a lot of fantasy stories do this... Uh, you have, like... The, the ancients, right? The, the, the people that are like the nearest to the gods, these, these people that wield a type of power that is magnificent and unparalleled. And then it gets filtered down as time passes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really talk about it like that. I can't imagine that like, I feel like, like orders of magic, you have like, the kid, what the kids learn at Hogwarts, and then you have like the kind of magic that Dumbledore knows, and then I think you would have like real 
amazing like manipulative power like um like Merlin. I think Merlin's power is like a different order of magic. Of, of something altogether. It's something more ancient. Yeah. Right. There's there's something different about it. Um I, it's fuzzy in this timeline because Merlin was apparently a Slytherin, but that means that he's he lived within the last thousand years or so. But I always think that those stories are older than that too, so I don't really understand um, where Arthurian legend falls into like the timeline of the universe. I don't know. And it's a totally different type of magic than you get in, like, Lord of the Rings. Like, Lord of the Rings has magic. It's, like, elemental. Right? Like, right. Saruman calls a storm to blow them off the mountain. Right. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, I don't... I, that's not something that I think they could do here. Do you think that they could manipulate the weather? That seems like a really, really high level of magic or sorcery. Yeah. Do you like, see what you know, I mean? I, I think that... I, I think that... There are avenues of magic that are taught, right? You can be taught charms or transfiguration or whatever. But I think that there's, like, probably some higher levels, thing. some higher, you know, I think, I think, things. I think getting, yeah, I think, like, swish and flick and the casting of the incantation, Wingardium Leviosa. Like, I think that that is a very watered-down form of, like what the core of magic would be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I want more. I really want to know about, like, where magic... Like, the source. And we'll never know. We'll never know. It's just not a thing that's even a concern. Magic. It's magic. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Love, Harry. I love how Ernest he says that. And then he like touches his head. Aww. I was going to say earlier that I want him to tussle Harry's hair. But tussle a little bit. <laughs> he does. He touches Harry's head. That's great. And he rises from the bed and, and he starts checking out the candy. Uh, he grabs a box of Birdie Bots Every Flavor Beans and we'll talk about that tomorrow. Oh man, those are always a problem. Always a problem. Uh, we Did we eat Birdie Bots Beans on the podcast or was that on a quibbler? It might have been on the quibbler, but I remember, like, definitely... That was, like, way back at minute 30 Doing something. that, yeah. Wow. It was 100 minutes ago. Dang. They stopped selling uh, the chocolate frogs at that store by my work. Oh, yeah, you told me and that. So now sad. I can't finish my Collecting cards your cards. Until I yeah. find somewhere else that's going to sell them. You'll figure that out. I know. The collector and you will hunt them down, I believe it. I'll be somewhere and I'll see them. I'm like, oh, they're selling them here. I need to buy a bunch. <laughs> All right. How do you feel? I think that was everything I have for today. Yeah, we're going to talk about candy. We'll talk about candy tomorrow. Yep. Cool. Uh, in that case, guys, you can find us on iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Um, that really helps us out. We want to. We want other people to be able to find us. I've talked about this before. iTunes, um, occasionally on their homepage, they have like different themed podcasts that are like here. And, and I looked, and it was like, these are podcasts that are about Harry Potter, and we're not on there yet. No. Which... Bums me out because I think that we've probably done more episodes than a lot of those Harry Potter podcasts have. It's like, how dare you? Which is whatever. I mean, we've only been doing this for a few months. <laughs> That's true. We're, we're, we're almost done with this movie, though. Yeah, I know. People it's can find us. I want people to find soon. us and discover us. So, like, rate and review us. That's how other people will be able to find out about the show. Tell your friends. 
uh, if you if you have friends that like Harry Potter and you think they'd enjoy the podcast, uh, have them tune in because they're going to have a lot of time to catch up before we start Chamber of Secrets uh, in November, I think. We're planning on doing that for the 15th anniversary. Can we say that here? Is it too early to announce when we're going to start doing Chamber of Secrets? Mm, too late. I already eh, did it. It's already done. I think it's going to be in November. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the goal. And then uh, join us tomorrow for minute 138 of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Mischief, Mischief managed. managed. Mischief managed. No, oh, jeez. <laughs> Genre.